And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Dimitri Moraitis with us. The book is called Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. It's a fascinating book. Well done, by the way, Dimitri. Oh, thank you. It was a joy to write it. Uh, it was it was interesting because you're trying to cover so much. The biggest challenge was how to put it in a kind of a concise language. So it was. It took a couple a little while to do that, but we were happy with the results. Back to these non-believers. How do they, how do they end up believing? I mean, does something earth-shaking change their lives? Yeah, something has to stir. You know, there has to be. The way I think I like to think of it is, you know, you can believe whatever you want, but if you really are this soul that is non-physical, then that part of you is eventually going to speak out. There was an interesting experience I had early on when I first met Barbara. I gave a um, uh, an aura reading to a, a couple that I was in showbiz with, and the wife really was into these things, and the husband thought the whole thing was, you know, very. he was very skeptical, and he thought Barbara was just trying to, you know, like take pictures off the wall and pretend like he knew something about him. <laughs> you know, so yeah. It wasn't, a, it wasn't, she got a lot out of the session. He didn't, but I asked her, well, he, she went, well, he's very skeptical. So how did you see that in the aura? And she said, I see like a gray cloud of skepticism above his head. So what happens is we, in a sense, make a self-fulfilling prop prophecy. The more we don't believe, the more we're telling ourselves something the more we're kind of creating it in our auric field, and exactly what you said, there has to be something that jars you, something that doesn't fit in your paradigm of things, and then it sort of wakes you up. Pretty dramatic stuff, too, Dimitri. Pretty dramatic. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah, yeah. What about karma? Where does that fit in? Well, karma is one of the great laws of the universe, and it is one of the harmonizers of life, we have to remember everything we're putting out into the universe is impressing itself on the fabric of life, and it will come back to us the way we put it out. So it's like a boomerang. It doesn't come back right away. You know, boomerangs are kind of fascinating, right? You throw it, it goes a distance, and you think, wow, it's gone way out there, but then suddenly it does swing back. Mm -hmm. And then karma does the same thing. It doesn't swing around right away. I remember, you know, with the... Uh, Remember the O.J. Simpson trial? It was the trial of the century, and, you know, everyone knew he was, you know, he, he did it. And Well, you can't say that for sure, Dimitri. He got, oh, okay. he got acquitted. Right. He got acquitted. He did. That's true. That's true. But what I'm saying is sometimes we think there is injustice, I mean, and, in, in, you know, justice doesn't prevail. And even when, let's say, you know you were wronged, and it you didn't seem to get what you wanted right away, eventually there will be justice. Eventually, even if it's not in this lifetime, it'll swing around because eventually the scales have to be balanced. So we all come into this world with unfinished business. We have credits that we have earned. Our successes are our natural talents. They're not accidents. You know, we have to earn it, of course, in this life, but why did we get those opportunities? Why did the pendulum swing in our way as we did those efforts? It's because somewhere we had earned good karma that helped make that happen. And when we have challenges, it doesn't mean we still don't succeed, but the road may be a little more difficult. For example, let's say I have a lifetime where I squander all my career opportunities. 
I, I, I just blow it, and I don't achieve anything that I could have done. My next lifetime, let's say I'm meant to be a doctor or something, well, I'll, I'll still aim for it, but the road to becoming a doctor will be difficult. I will have to struggle to teach the soul. The, the soul will have to learn, you know, don't squander your opportunities. On the other hand, if we, I did everything right in a career and I've earned good karma the next time around, I may come in with some wonderful opportunities, and it's all there because I've earned it. So the point is, if you do find difficulties in your life, don't see them as insurmountable obstacles. See them as opportunities, and that if you really have something you want to accomplish and you feel in your heart, I know I need to do this, even if it's not seems to be happening exactly when you want it, don't give up. One of the things Barbara would teach is that, you know, from her years of work, she would say people often don't succeed in their career because they quit too soon. You know, they they don't see it all the way through. They go up to certain points, eh, it didn't happen. I guess it wasn't meant to be. No, it just maybe meant you need to go a little further. And, you know, that's that's part of the balancing of the slate, so to speak. Indeed, indeed. Uh, it's truly remarkable work. In, uh yeah. We've talked a lot about the Akashic Records on past programs, Dimitri, which is, you know, make it a history of your life. Does that come into play at all? Yes, we, we have a slightly different name for it. There are the Akashic Records. You know, Akasha is, is a, it, it kind of has everything we've ever done. There's another aspect of the Akashic Records called the Book of Life, and that is, Okay, so if everything you and I do makes an impression on the fabric of life, okay, it'll come back the way we put it out, but it also means there's an impression there, like a recording. So the divine ones can read this recording, and they do sort of collate it in a book, you know, if you want to call it that. And we do get to see parts of the book, and it shows us what we did. And again, it's an understanding that we're accountable for our actions. We are responsible for the things we do in this life. But most important, we're accountable by our motives. So, for example, the the dramatic one, you know, killing somebody. We all know, without even knowing about karma, if I end up killing somebody in self-defense, I have no choice. It's my life or theirs. They're trying to kill me, and I have to defend myself. It's not the same thing as cold-blooded murder. So in the end, the person, you've killed somebody, but the motivation is completely different. So in one case of self-defense, there is no karma. You, you have the right to defend yourself, but with murder, there's a heavy karma, not because you destroyed the soul, but you've denied that person the opportunity to fulfill what they came to this life to do, So you have to come back into another life and help them finish what you yourself cut them off at the pass. So that's the karmic balance. You know, if I steal a million dollars from you, I have to pay it back to you, if not this life, another lifetime, and I have to pay it back with interest, right? If I say, oh, I've given you back 10 bucks, you're you're not going to feel like the slate was balanced. So so that's the karma kind of coming back. It's, again, not punishment, not reward. It's the harmonizer of life. It allows us to correct our mistakes. If we 
couldn't, if there was no karma, we would be condemned to our mistakes. But we're given these opportunities. It's a second chance. And I think sometimes the reason it wasn't maybe put more strongly in things like the Bible was maybe some people would have interpreted it as, oh, okay, you know what? I'll just do whatever I want this lifetime. I'll fix it in another. You don't want to do that, right? Barbara would say, if you, if you could have corrected something in this life and you didn't, it gets harder the next time around. Absolutely. So take care of your business now. Yeah. Let's go to the phones west of the Rockies. Louie is with us in San Diego, California. Louie, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, great show. Thanks, Louie. Uh, I have a question about, have you ever heard of a fetus crying before it's born? A fetus crying before it's born? Boy, I never right. heard that story. What, what do you have for us, Louie? Well, uh, it happened to my mom with me. Uh, she was in the shower, and she heard a baby cry, and she felt her tummy, and she could feel the vibration of my crying out oh, loud also. That's amazing. Uh, and then my dad also uh, came home, and he heard me. Uh, uh, they rushed my mom to the hospital, and the doctor said, no, it's not possible. But then uh, he heard me. The doctor did? Wow. The doctor did. What do you think you were crying over? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't want to be born. I guess I didn't want to get into... Uh, uh, how Dimitri had mentioned that uh, uh, the soul was uh, somewhere else, and I didn't want to come come in. Did they say how soon you were born after they heard the crying? Okay, uh, it was a natural. My mom, they want to do a cesarean. My mom said no. And I think uh, about maybe six or seven hours later, I was born naturally. Oh, wow. So it was very close to the birthing time. Yeah, yes. that, that is, I th you know what? I'm not going to say that's not possible, Dimitri. Well, the, you know, the subconscious is already working, right? Because there's a beating heart there, right? There, oh, absolutely. And that's going there. So the subconscious is telling that. So there may have been a crying reflex. And he was full term. Yeah, it was full term, right. So there may have been a crying reflex, Um whether it was because you didn't want to come in or it was some other reason, you'd have to evaluate, you know, it's always good to look at your early childhood in terms of, because when we're very young, there's an expression, give me the first seven years of a person's life and you can have the rest. Because if you notice certain things when you're very young, before you're really conditioned, it sometimes does tell you, you know, the kind of how you came in. And if you, did you, what was your very early life like? And if it was happy, if it was not so happy, if you were happy or, you know, what was going on that might reveal a little bit the conditions with, that brought you in. Let's go to Cornelius in Alexandria, Louisiana. Hello there, Mr. White. Welcome. Hey there, George. I'm in the middle of a storm. I was telling Tommy, so if y'all hear thunder over the radio, uh, hopefully I won't get shot. But Dimitri... Now, you've taken parts of the Bible and stuff, and you've kind of worn it into something that you wanted. It says once to die and then the judgment. Also, if you read, there's a Bible verse where the rich man went to hell and the poor man went to heaven. The rich man told uh, 
Abraham, if you send Lazarus back, he can warn my brothers not to go to hell. So there is a heaven and hell. I was raped as a child. That rapist needs to go to hell. Hitler killed all the Jews. We just celebrated the Holocaust. So no, there's no going back and doing things over and over again. You have to ask forgiveness through Jesus Christ. But George, I'm glad you let me on to say this because we have a lot of Christians in the audience and we need to know the truth. And that lady that you had on, I think they tried to clip her off because I heard that clip too. So I heard it. So God bless you, George. Dimitri, I appreciate you and God bless you. All right. Stay uh, safe from that storm out there, Cornelius, to be sure. But I, I've always believed reincarnation was a process of perfection, that you keep right. reincarnating right. until you get to that heavenly state, which is the last stop on the trip. Exactly. And, you know, that gentleman is perfectly right to believe what he what he feels is right. But, you know, I'm a Christian too, right? So it's a matter of how you see things, how you interpret certain things. And, of course, you have to ask forgiveness. Of course, you have to atone all the key things are still there. It's just whether it happens all in a single life or not. That's really the differentiator. But the laws are the same. If someone hurts someone else, they have to atone for it. Of course they do. Let's go to first-time caller Javier in San Diego, California. Javi, go ahead. Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just real quick wanted to know, um, what do you think, do we come back, if we come back in that theory, um, do we come back in this timeline? Like, for, if I died today, would I come back? Like, yeah. How soon? How soon does he come back? Well, it de- again, it depends on on several factors, but generally, again, unless it's a premature death, uh, you don't come back right away. So, let's say, you know, if I died this year, maybe I'll come back by this time by Earth standards next century. And as a so things fact, would have changed dramatically when you come back. And they prepare you for that, right? On the other side, they say things weren't exactly like when you left. <laughs> so they have to kind of condition you. I mean, look at all these kids now that are so good at technologies, right? Oh, my God. They're incredible. Right. You, you want an answer to your internet? You go to a, you know, you go to a six-year-old now and they can do it. Well, I'm sure they were prepared for it. I've, it I've seen five-year-olds with smartphones playing video games and they know them better than I do. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, so they had to have been prepared for that because this is the life they're coming into. We know we're heading into more with all that's happening with AI now. It's going to explode even further. So we need generations that know how to handle it. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Walter's with us. Hey, Walt, welcome. George, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Now you sound like John Lennon. George, imagine all the people living for today, George. George, we are teetering on the verge of thermonuclear war. The Bible predicts that this a great war of Armageddon is inevitable. But, George, I believe as a human being, as, as a, as a quote-unquote an, an intelligent software, naked ape, George, that Mankind can do better than that, George. The idea of an afterlife comes from our pride. Bible thumping came from chest thumping. 
Uh, man is the only animal that is aware of death. We are too proud to die, George, and we have to get over that if we're going to survive on this planet. So you're a non-believer. That's right, George. But I, George, as I say, I like to describe myself as a John Wayne atheist, where John Lennon was a liberal atheist. Uh, but they were both spiritual people. John Lennon was very spiritual, and in, in uh, John Wayne's final movie, The Shootist, he said that he gets his spirituality from from solitude in the mountains, and I'm the same way, George. Just because we don't believe doesn't mean that we're uh, immoral or non-spiritual. Well, as I was saying, there are a lot of good people who don't believe in the concept of heaven or hell or God or whatever, but I'll let you react to that, Dimitri. Well, I, I think it's, again, it's what you do. You know, we can believe whatever we want, but in the end, how are we treating each other? How are we treating ourselves? How are we, how are we handling the opportunities and challenges of life? So that's the real barometer. Um, as, as Barbara would say, what's the, what, what, you know, if you're going to church on Sunday and shooting your partners on Monday, is that living a spiritual life? You know, but if you are living a spiritual life, even if you don't label it that way, you are. If we're wrong about the existence of the other side, what does that tell you? Well, those, well, first of all, we're going to find out one way or the other. You're going to have an experience or not experience one way or the other, right? So we can say just like, you know, is it out there or not? Well, it is or isn't, right? Um, if it isn't, we, and we go into oblivion. Then we probably won't know. Because we won't know, but what would be the point either way? You you know? Know. And what would be the, that's the, gets into the whole point of existence and what's the purpose? You know, womb to tomb, what, what purpose does it serve? What, what, what overall picture does it serve? So from a rational point of view, if you take away individual beliefs, but you say, what's the most useful What's the most constructive? You would say, well, the idea of a continuation. This has to come from somewhere. As, as Shakespeare said, nothing comes of nothing. Mend your speech lest you mar your fortune. So we can't just be a concurrent of atoms because those atoms have to be coming from somewhere. And I know science would try to say, well, the universe could be born of nothing. But common sense says, how can that be? How can that be? Absolutely. Dimitri, we're going to come back and take final calls with you in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie back with our final segment with Dimitri Moraitis as we talk about his work, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. His website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Dimitri, do we keep in the afterlife our same personality, who we were? Um, The essence of it, but there is a slight difference. And it's an interesting question because, let's say, when we grieve for someone that has passed on, um, even if we believe they've gone on and, you know, Barbara shared she's seen her family on the other side, she still grieved for them like all of us when they passed on, because the persona that was part of this life does kind of go with the body. But the soul does go on, and the persona on the other side is very similar, but not exactly the same. So... We are, you know, you would certainly recognize, like, if, you know, if we saw you, someone from the other side that passed, we'd recognize them. But there would be some differences because you're, you are in a different body and it is a different world you're part of. Let's go to Matthew in St. Louis. 
on the wild card line. Hey, Matthew. Hi, how you doing? Um, and this is actually the first time that uh, I'm going to talk about this, and it happened last year. Uh, I had an out-of-body experience, and it was the first time that I got the memory of what happened right before I was born. Um, I was I was sat down in front of a, a console of just like nothingness beings. I mean, you could tell they were there. And they walked me through what mistakes I was making and why I was going to get sent back. And and they showed me the uh, fit that I gave them when they told me that my life was going to be, the whole purpose of it was going to be to find out that when somebody says they love me, that they don't actually mean it that I was supposed to go through my whole life without actually feeling real love. That's an interesting experience, isn't it, uh, Dimitri? Yeah. So let me understand. You, you said you had an out-of-body experience of a memory from before you were born, yeah. or you were taken no, somewhere out of your body? No. Last, last January 11th, I had a heart attack. Oh. And, and that's where the out-of-body experience happened. Okay. Okay. Boy, it is remarkable. I've talked with cardiologists how many say when things like that happen, people report literally being out of their body. But when you were out of your body, what did you experience again? First time I was ever in trouble, and I watched myself leave. I was in the hole in Bon Terre, and I watched myself leave the prison before the experience I just explained to you happened. Okay. And then I hospital glad you're doing much better now Truly yeah interesting yeah, yeah. and and uh, you know it's hard to know the details of what you're saying there but there may there may be an indication you had lessons of love in this lifetime but please don't ever think that you're never going to find love of course you will that's that's probably one of the main things you're learning in this is about that so without understanding the details of what you went through my initial reaction is this life is a lot about learning about love and, and how important it is and what it feels like when there isn't, you know, um, sometimes if, when we, when we don't have something, it's when we realize how important it is to us. Do our personalities flow with us on the other side? We have sort of spiritual astral personalities and we're trying to perfect them too. But there's an interesting part to that. You know, Yogananda talked about self-realization, the real self. We have these personas, these masks that we wear incarnation to incarnation, but there is this immortal nature behind all of them, and we're trying to kind of break through to see that immortal nature. And whether we have that experience on the other side, we can have that even here. The idea is to realize we are this immortal spark of life. We are precious. We are valuable. We are, the, the divine says, you know, if one soul were missing, creation would not be complete. So we do want to recognize our self-worth. Let's go to Lisa in New York. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Hi, George. Hi, Dimitri. Hi. Um, I have a, a sort of a two-part question. Um, you were talking before about the different levels and that we have to earn the level that we get to. Right. 
So how can we know that we're going to be reunited with our loved ones on the other side because they may be on a different level? And then the other thing is that a psychic medium told me that the man I love and lost less than a year ago said that we're going to be together when I get there. And he's already built a beautiful house for us, and he has an engagement ring for me. And um, so I was wondering, is there any possible way? Because she said we can we can take on body form if we want. You can take what? I'm wondering, body, there... body form. Well, you have form on the other side. You're not formless. You're, you're in an yeah. astral body. And look, it doesn't matter where people can be taken to, to different spiritual planes. So regardless of the plane you're on or your loved ones are on, the reunions are still going to happen uh, because okay. the love is going to bring you together. Um, but where you end up spending time together, th- that will be determined when you get over to the other side. So, but again, I always remember that beautiful quote, no love is ever lost. So if in the end it was true love, somehow that will bring you together. And, it, you know, the old expression, love will find a way. How important is love on the other side? Dimitri? Oh, it's the driver of everything, as it is here. You know, uh, one of the great Hebrew mystics, uh, uh, Hillel, said, uh, you know, love thy neighbor. That's the whole Torah. The rest is explanation. You know, um, love is the driver. And it's many of the lessons we're learning is lessons of love. And it isn't just about hugs and kisses. You know, it's caring for each other, sometimes just being patient, forgiveness. Those are all acts of love. And we, ha- we are bound together by love. Love is the bond that's holding creation together. So we need to learn those lessons of love. Sometimes they're hard, but sometimes the toughest person in our life is the greatest opportunity to learn about love. Let's go to east of the Rockies, James in Beaumont, Texas. Hey, James, thank, go ahead, sir. Hello, I wanted to touch on what Cornelia said before I get to my point. Sure. Uh, but uh, there is a, a last example in, in the Bible uh, of reincarnation that I know of uh, from the Old Testament, Malachi. Um, uh, they said, uh, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet uh, before the car, that dreadful uh and, you know, day of the Lord, and then uh, the disciples in the back, and Jesus, uh, well, I thought they said Elijah was supposed to come uh, first. And he said, well, they did come, but they did to him what they pleased. And they knew at that moment that he was talking about John the Baptist. Right. Uh, but anyway, um, it, when they say once appointed to die, I mean, we died when uh, we came into the world uh, because of Adam. The bodies were already set up, uh, the momentum and the DNA of uh, uh, past experience already damaged uh, the body, so it wasn't in full function in in God's law. So when the spirit entered into the body, then it's subject to sin, and then we fall into our own judgment because we judge things according to our way. But our uh, goal is to sort of become aligned with God's judgment and uh, then we become perfected, and uh, we have eternal life after that. But the uh, appointment is, is for only one time. So we're not going to die, live, and, and die again. Uh, that's what that's all about. But anyway, uh, you know, an example would be like uh, uh, a transplant patient. You know, with the um, 
you know, example of the body already having that. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of them end up experiencing uh, things that happen from the uh, person that had the organ before them, and it's handed down to the uh, next uh, person, and that spirit goes through, the, you know, some of the same experiences, and it wasn't theirs to begin with. Uh, so anyway, I'm just saying that to say that, you know, we inherit uh, a lot of, uh, you know, things from uh, being passed down into the body or through other organs and stuff. But anyway, um, uh, I called because I had uh, recorded uh, spirits on those little electronic uh, tape recorders without actually looking uh, for that. And it's very, very easy if somebody was to get one, like from Best Buy or something, and uh I was end up smudging and stuff after I heard them make comments uh, and stuff on there. It sounds like paper crumbling and stuff. Uh, and EVPs. If you listen, and if you listen closely, you can you can hear things. And the more you hear, they become aware that you're listening to them, and they begin to uh, you begin to hear them through the fan, through the radio, through the phone, and uh, it become more and more pronounced. Uh, they follow you, uh, uh, and you can pick them up at uh, different places. Uh, I, I smushed all in the car because I heard that that stuff worked. Well, they're they're called electronic voice phenomena. Have you heard of that, Dimitri? Well, yeah, I have. I mean, you hear things like spirit photography and and spirit recording. There, there is a way, you know, like I was describing, feeling choked. The, the astral, when it's impressing the physical, sometimes it can make an impression on the physical when it's a very intense thing. So. It could show up a little bit on a recording, but again, the, the the bottom line is why is that happening, right? And what you want to be always aware of is if you're ever feeling there's a spirit or a presence that's not pleasant or, you know, not inviting you, no one's supposed to trespass on your own space, right? Physical or spiritual, you can always pray to God to ask, you know, I'm not feeling comfortable here. I ask this to be released from me so that you are not feeling, you know, caught up in anything. So, um, and then look, as far as things like the body, of course we inherit things from our ancestors. We inherit, you know, the, the genetic coding from the first people on earth, you know, it's been handed down. We are in a sense, inheritors of that it's definitely affecting things we're doing with our character but remember the soul inside is not the body right so the soul is learning and it's inhabiting the body uh there's a a lot of people talking about you know like things like the garden of eden they sometimes don't remember and i'm not saying that's you but uh that there were two two trees in that garden of eden right the good of evil and the tree of life and what it's really saying there is you will always fare better in your life when you choose the tree of life, the wisdom of the God, rather than treating yourself as your own highest self. And that pride is what can get in our way sometimes from letting the greater life flow through us and be a part of us. On the wild card line, Kurt's with us, truck driving in Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Kurt, go ahead. Hey, how you doing, George and Dimitri? Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. I actually had one question and a comment. Let's get the question in first. We're running out of time, so we'll see what we can get in. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, The question is, is in Scripture, God speaks very jealously about his creation. 
Well, you have so many people nowadays that are in this very controversial conflict in their sexuality. And how do they fare when they go in front of judgment, I guess, for a lack of a better word? And the comment is, is, Dimitri, I think that you're on track when you say that it's not really about heaven or God. It is more about what we do with our choices and how that reflection carries to our brothers and sisters. So I don't think it really matters about uh, well, it does matter about God. I'm very uh, Christian man, but at the same time, for those who aren't as full of it, it you know can be reflected on make those good choices. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. I appreciate you being part of the program. Go ahead, Dimitri. Yeah. Well, I think you know, and I hope I have a prayer for this whole century <laughs> that we come to a better under. Um, let's put it this way: a more mature understanding of God on a societal level to realize uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, when the, the, um, uh, the, you know, the great writer, Russian writer, when the Russian Revolution was happening, and he said some of the peasants were saying, this is happening because people are forgetting about God. I think in the end, we've got to realize this is a positive thing in our life and forget what mistakes humans have made about understanding. This is a personal relationship and hopefully we'll come to a more, just like we're understanding the universe better, hopefully we'll understand the spiritual universe better. Prayer works, Dimitri, doesn't it? What, oh, it's indispensable. It's indispensable. It's your, it's your link to God. It's your contact point to the divine. As long as it's sincere, there is, God is answering every prayer, not necessarily the way you will always like it to be, but absolutely, absolutely. The name of the book is Heaven in Your Spiritual Evolution. Dimitri, what's your website? It's spiritualarts.org, O-R-G, and we do have a, a gift for your listeners if they go to the website. So thank you for having me on tonight. Great. Thank you, Dimitri. I appreciate you being on the show. And let's not let seven years go by this time, okay? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, so we're working on our next book already. It's going to be on consciousness, and we'd love to be on your show for that. You just let us know, and we'll be ready to go. Thank you so much. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Ladasour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Boros, Tim Benal, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.